Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Praise God. Amen, saints. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we'll read a familiar passage this morning, but we're going to several different texts. This is sort of a springboard for us to talk about some ideas, but also some things that we'll be doing in the church in just a few weeks. Amen? Praise God. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we're going to look at some other passages this morning to see how the early church did that. But the point is that they were making disciples. Amen? They were making disciples. They were taking what Jesus had taught them, and they were teaching it to other people. And Jesus did not just teach them philosophical concepts. He didn't just teach them ethereal ideas. He taught them truth, but also he applied that truth to their life so that they would not just be knowledgeable people, but people who were transformed by the things that they were taught. Amen? Praise God. Jesus says, when a disciple is fully trained, he will be like his master. Amen? When he is fully trained, he'll be like his master. He didn't say that when a disciple is fully trained, he will know all that his master knows. Amen? He didn't say he'll be able to spout all the same things that his master said. He'll memorize it all by heart. No, he said he will be like his master. He will bear his image. He will reflect his personality and his character. And so to make disciples is not to simply go out and teach people things but it is to share life with people in a meaningful, personal, intimate way that sees them transformed from one thing to something altogether. Amen? Praise God. Isn't that what we want to see? We praise God that the Peter we see at the beginning of Matthew is not the Peter we see at the end of Matthew. Amen? Praise God that the James and the John that we see saying, let's call down fire on all of them. Let's just burn them up. Amen? John became the apostle of love. Amen. Nobody talked about love more than John did. And it is because he said at the end of his gospel, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. And the way he treated me and not just taught me changed to the core what I am. Amen. And so a disciple, when he is fully trained, will not just know what his master knows, but he will be like him. Amen? And so I praise God that Jesus and many mighty men have been a part of making me a disciple and making you a disciple. But if we are to be faithful to Jesus, it is an ongoing process to where I'm becoming more like him and I'm knowing what he knows and then I'm taking what he taught me and I'm investing it into you. Amen? And so this morning we want to talk about that and how we intend to do that and we're seeking God for the help of the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of God to do that in this body. Amen? Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you give us your Word, and Lord, that you lead us into truth. And Lord, I ask you that you would help us and give us a burden and a desire 
to see disciples made for the kingdom of God. Lord, that we would be disciples, that we would make disciples and send disciples into all nations, teaching them to obey all that you have commanded for your glory. Lord, we thank you, God, that it is through your church that you intend not to just reach our church or our families or our homes, but the nations. And Lord, we honor you for that. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. And so Jesus, speaking here to his disciples, has preached and taught and ministered to them for a full three and a half years. He's been crucified, buried, and resurrected. And he shows himself to them, and he does many miracles and signs and wonders, and he teaches them many last things, many things to say, I'm getting ready to leave, and you really need to make sure that these things stick out in your mind. And there they go to the Mount of Olives. They go to the Garden of, uh, uh, to the Mount of Olives first, and then to uh, uh, Bethesda or Bethsaida after. Um, and so they go there, and then Jesus says to them these last final words. Amen? What are these last final words? In verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And so every single authority and every single barrier that you see as a preventative for you doing the work, I want you to know I got power over that. Amen? So you just saw me, after teaching you in public ministry for three and a half years, get crucified. And Rome, with all of its authority and military might, said, you don't get to live anymore because you did things that we don't like. So we're going to kill you. And Jesus says, okay, no, I'm not going to stay dead. Right? <laughs> so it's the ultimate trump card, right? If you can kill someone, there's nothing they can do after that, right? You just stop their influence. And Jesus says, kill me. All right, I'm back. So I got a problem with you, and you're trying to stop me from doing what I'm doing. Good luck, because I'm going up to heaven to be seated in, on the throne next to my Father. And all authority has been given to me, so you don't get to stop what I'm doing. Amen? Praise God. So Jesus' point is, I've got all the authority. And so you've got soldiers and politics and kingdoms and religious teachers and all different stripes of people that will be anti-gospel, anti-the Word of God, anti-truth, and all of these things that will stop you from doing what I've called you to do. The gospel is counterintuitive to every carnal thing that man has. Amen? Every culture, every place, all over the world People who don't know God, their hearts are inclined to everything except this. And Jesus says, this is what you got to go take. <laughs> Wonderful. I get to be a casket salesman. I get to travel the world and say, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross and die. Is there a less marketable item in all of creation or all of the world? Here is the invitation. Come and die. And he says, the crooked hearts, the sinful hearts, the kingdoms, the powers, the princes, the religious rulers, everything that would say you don't get to cross over this threshold and have influence here. He says, I just want you to know, I've got all authority over it. Amen? Praise God that even the rebellious heart that says no to God, I come by grace and I woo that heart. And I soften that heart. And I draw that heart and I say, sinner, come home. I'll cleanse you. I'll wash you. I'll give you a new heart. And whatever can conquer the rebellious heart of man is the most powerful thing in the world. Amen? God says to stars, shine, and they obey him. Right? He says to seas, come this far and don't go any further. There's a shore here and you don't get to cross this barrier. He creates the bird to sing and it sings. He creates the sun to shine and it shines. And he creates the clouds to be moved by the wind. And all of it obeys him. And he says to you, obey my commandments. And your heart says, no, I want to do it my way. And so whatever can conquer the sin of the human heart is the most powerful thing in the world and it is the work of the Holy Ghost in our hearts. And he says, that is what I'm giving you and I'm sending you out with it. 
Amen? So have hope, have joy, have comfort in the Holy Ghost. Peter, James, and John, right? Look at your own hearts. How many times did I tell you this is the way, walk in it, and your heart just went, no, I don't want to do that, right? That's not my personality. That's not who I am. Sorry, Jesus, I lop ears off and repent later. That's who I am. And Jesus says, but I conquered that in you, Peter. And so here's the encouragement this morning, amen, is that as we go out into the world to tell people about Jesus And when they believe in Jesus to minister to them, to see them become more like Jesus, Jesus promises that his power is present to help us. Amen? Praise God. Can I tell you this morning, nothing is more daunting than making disciples because it requires the supernatural power of God. Amen? Church games are not hard. We can play church games. Amen? Come in, sing two songs. Clap on beat. Well, that's hard for some of us. But, you know, in general, we can get, if we get enough of you doing it, other people can follow, right? And you can listen to the words and sing the song and play the religious game. You can give your money and do your stuff. And people do that all over the world with religion. They do it all over the world with Christianity and Islam and every other thing. But to have a heart transformed by the grace of God, there is nothing harder. And Jesus says, that is what I call you to do, to not just teach people, but to make disciples, which is confrontational, it's awkward, it's messy, it's sloppy, it's inconvenient, amen? It's inconvenient. How many of you are thinking, I am just trying to juggle my own mess, and I got my own mess, and I'm trying to figure out how to juggle it, how to adjust it, how to deal with it, and you're telling me that to really walk with God and His people means I got to not only deal with my mess, but other people's mess. Yay. Right? But in dealing with other people's sins, you often find grace to deal with your own. Amen? If I deal with the things in you that make me impatient, it's an opportunity for me to seek the Lord for more patience. If I I deal with your unrighteousness, it gives me a chance to deal with my self-righteousness. Amen? I see what you're doing and I want to judge you so hard. But forgive one another as God and Christ forgave you. Okay, all right. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let me, let me seek mercy for them. Amen? And so what Jesus calls us to do is not just teach, 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 but to make disciples. And so he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all peoples and Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans and all over the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you. Always. Amen? And so here we see in this the element of teaching. Take the truth that was given to you and share that truth with other people. Amen? That's wonderful. We see this also in Timothy. Turn with me there to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Actually, you know what? Keep your place there in Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter four. Go to Second Timothy chapter two. We'll come back. I got them out of order. I got my number three and my number two place. Second Timothy chapter two. Paul says to Timothy, Second Timothy chapter two, verse one and two. He says, "You then, my child." Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Listen. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Amen? And so, Timothy, your ministry is not to just be this 
constantly profound person going around to everyone going, I'm a great teacher, I'm a great expositor of the Bible, I'm a great influencer of the human heart, and so we're just going to continue gathering people around me for me to go listen to my profound wisdom and teaching. No, you recognize that God has many gifts in the body, many people that he wants to work through their life, and so you look around at people who are faithful who serve, who love, who care about other people. They have Christian character and godliness. They're being made disciples. And then you take those people and you invest into them the teaching. They're trustworthy people. Amen. And then you give them the teaching and then you say you have the teaching and you have the character for you to go and grab more people and tell those people about Jesus and walk with them to see them become like Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And so we're to see many gifts in the body teaching one another, serving one another, encouraging one another. You know why? Because not one voice perfectly carries the voice of the shepherd. Amen? No one voice perfectly carries the voice of the shepherd. I praise God for the multitude of teachers that we get to be exposed to because of internet and and YouTube and podcasts and all these different things and one thing it shows is some of my favorite preachers are nothing alike right and honestly they might not even like each other I'm just saying they're in their own little camps and they got their own little thoughts whatever but they are completely different people right I mean you know who John MacArthur is right not I mean his preaching he is so calm and chill and not Pentecostal at all not exciting he's just very monotone, but a lot of times he just teaches really good truth that I'm like, bro, you're teaching like, well, Jesus said, and I'm going, woo, right? Like, praise God. Amen. That's good truth. Amen. And then I got guys that they can take a little nugget of truth and just stir you so much in your faith and encourage you and provoke you to faith and joy. And they're nothing like each other, but I can learn from both of them. Amen. And so that's what we do for one another is we say your personality and your style and the way that you talk and the way that you teach and the way you understand things and maybe you use illustrations more. Maybe you are more philosophical in the way that you think. Whatever it is, but people minister to us in different ways. Amen? I was a pastor about five years and I could not figure out how to teach my wife. I could not figure it out. We would sit down for Bible study, and if she was having trouble going to sleep, let me try and teach her the Bible, right? I mean, it just she just could not get, and I'm thinking, I'm a pastor. This is what I do, right? Like, you know, I couldn't, and we would go and listen to Pastor Lee Ship at First New Testament while he's preaching. She got tears rolling down her eyes. I'm like, I'm anointed too. I'm the Lord, right? Like, why does he touch you so much? But not every person, not no individual person perfectly shares the heart and voice of the shepherd. Amen? And so that's why he gives many teachers and many gifts in the body for us to minister to one another in different ways. And so Paul says, find different men, other men, give them the truth, see their godly character, and then send them out to minister to other people. Amen? But we see not only did they teach one another, but they spent time with one another. Acts chapter 2. Amen? Acts chapter 2. I love to hear those pages turning. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. He says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. To the teaching? Amen. Good. Praise God. They're coming to hear the word of God, but they're spending time together. Amen. They're spending time together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, good, and the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Amen? So they're eating together, probably communion. They are praying together, and they're spending time together in fellowship and encouragement and ministering to one another. And what happened when they did this? 
and awe came upon every soul. The world had never seen such love and unity. It had never seen such care and genuineness for one another, and awe came upon all the people. They just marveled at it and said, this is beautiful. This is amazing. And it says, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles in verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And it said, I love you so much that if you have a need, I have a need. Amen? If you have a need, it's, it's I share that responsibility with you. I want to help you. Amen? They were in an emergency situation where many of them, because of their faith, were losing their jobs, losing their home, and they were severely suffering. Amen? It's not because they went out and got an extra car note when they couldn't afford it and, well, brother, let's have all things together and you help me pay my car note. No, you, you did that to yourself. I'm going to help you return that car. Amen? Praise God. But the point was, when you're in need, I want to care about you and help meet that need. Amen? And so they were serving the Lord together and ministering one to another. And it says in verse 47, or 46 and 47, and day by day, Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so they're in each other's homes. They're getting to know one another. They're spending time with one another. And what do we see happens? Well, in the context of that, there is discipleship. And part of the word, definition of the word disciple is discipline. Amen? Discipline, training, confrontation. This is the passage we were talking about earlier in 1 Timothy chapter 4. I can just read it to you. Paul tells Timothy, the one that he's about to tell, teach other people these things and send them out to do it. What were they supposed to do? The same thing he was supposed to do. What was he supposed to do? 1 Timothy 4 verse 11 to 16. He says, command and teach these things, the theological points that he had just made. He said, and let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. In other words, you're young and people are tempted to think, well, we don't want to listen to you because you're young, but Timothy, God's called you to do this, and so serve them and teach them anyway. Amen? And so whatever that barrier is for you that you say, I feel like I cannot be an effective minister or teacher to people because of this part of my life. Well, I served in ministry before and I don't feel like I was very faithful and so I don't feel like I can lead a Bible study or teach other people because I had a failure before. Or I, I, I started serving in ministry but then I stopped and so people won't respect me. Or I don't want to have them in my home because my home is not as nice as other people's home and so I'm going to be self-conscious, they're going to be judging me and not happy in my home or whatever it is. Well, before I knew the Lord, I got divorced, and I don't know if anyone can, can respect me as a teacher because I was divorced. Do you know God got divorced? Right, Jeremiah, I have written you a certificate of divorce. You've gone after other lovers, and you've betrayed me, so I'll write you a, a note of divorce. God couldn't teach in some Baptist churches. Just saying, right? I'm not saying that it's, Always the best option. Many times it's, it's a sinful choice, but there are people who've made decisions that they now regret and say, I want to serve the Lord and be faithful to God. Or maybe it was a decision that they didn't make and someone chose to divorce them. And they feel like, I don't know if God can use me. He says, whatever it is that you think people can't receive you because of that, don't let anyone despise you for that. It's under the blood. If God's called you, if God's put his purpose in your life, if you are biblically following Jesus and you are qualified by the word of God, then don't let anyone, anyone despise you. And what does he say in verse 13? Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, and do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things and immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so he says, you're to be teaching and exhorting. You're to be correcting. You're to be dealing with people. 
and their shortcomings and not only telling them what's right, but encouraging them to do it. And you make sure that you're doing it. Amen? So keep a close watch on the teaching and on you. Amen? Don't go out teaching one thing, living another, and go, hey, you ought to really be believing this and doing it. Amen? And so teaching other people to do it, and then in that context, what happens? Everyone gets to use their gifts. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Turn with me, and this is our last text this morning. It's our last text. And I love the way that we do church and the way that we do things here. Our services are wonderful, and I praise God. There's nobody I would rather be my worship pastor than, than Brother Renee and uh, Sister Susie and their ministry. I love them, and I pray that you're encouraged by my teaching and Pastor Daniel's teaching. But those are very specific, very limited forms of ministry. And most ministry in our church right now is teaching ministry, verbal ministry. Good things, but the body's not ministering to the body the way that it should. Amen? And so that's why we're going to talk about in a little bit the desire and the intention, the plan soon in the next few weeks to start a home group ministry where we're serving one another and ministering to one another because those are not the only gifts in the body. And if everyone in the body is not getting to use their gifts, then the body will atrophy. Amen? You know what takes only takes two weeks for you to cover your eyes and to intake no light at all for you to completely lose your sight. Permanently blind. Because it wasn't used. Right? What will happen if you take your arm and bind it up and tie it to yourself and not use it for six months? It will atrophy and you will not be able to use it. Simply from the lack of use. Amen? And so the body, body must not be able to atrophy. It must be used, and the more that it is used and exercised, the healthier and the stronger that it will be. Amen? So look with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a lengthy portion of Scripture, but praise God, you love Scripture, don't you? Amen? You love the Word of God? Praise God. Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, we'll start there. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, not just teaching, not just preaching, not just people anointed to lead worship and to sing. There's a variety. There's a multitude. There's many different gifts. But he says, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service in the way that those gifts are used. Service, but the same Lord. We're, we're all doing it in the service of Jesus. And there are varieties of activities. But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. And so He says, I look at you and I say, I want to give you this gift or I want to give you that gift. And so the Spirit gives the gift and then He says at the beginning of these passages that it is the Holy Spirit that empowers those gifts to be able to be used. Amen? So you don't just get tongues and then you can just speak in tongues wherever you want or prophecy and be able to prophesy wherever you want. You, he gives the gift and then he empowers it to be at work in your life as you encounter needs in the body. Amen? If God gives you a gift of the word of knowledge, amen, or a, a word of wisdom or a, or a word of prophecy, right, but you're never spending time with people who need that word, you're never talking to them, when is the Spirit supposed to provoke that in you? When is He supposed to stir that in you? There's a need in the body, right? You got the Band-Aid, but the hand that has the Band-Aid is never hanging out with the foot that's got the splinter in it, right? And it just doesn't want to go near that thing. It doesn't smell very good. It's not pretty. You know, I can cut my toenails in a while. And just, I don't want to go over there. And so, well, they, they got problems in their marriage or they got problems with their kids or whatever it is that you just say, well, I don't want to be around them or I don't like being around people, whatever it is that keeps you from being with the body, 
that your gift, whatever God's put inside you, never gets to be stirred and provoked by the Spirit of God to use that in service to the people. He says in verse 12, he says, For just as the body is one and as many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the same spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, the sense, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would be the body? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So, how disproportionate does our church look right now? Right? We're just, I'm just being honest with you. We, we know that we need more discipleship, fellowship, ministry one to another. We got the preaching part down, so we got one big old mouth, right? And then we got, uh, or two big old mouths, me and Daniel, we both preach, we pretty loud. So we got, we got big mouth, we got worship leader, so we got, we got some big ears to hear worship and to get ministered to. Where's the rest of the body? That would be a silly looking body, wouldn't it? That'd be strange, just big old mouth and ears walking down the road. <laughs> like, man, what circus did that come out of, right? And so we're, we're looking at ourselves going, how do we need to change and grow to become the body that Jesus has called us to be? He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 22, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, so that there may be no division in the body, but that these members may have the same care for one another. Amen? And so there are parts of the body that seem weaker. Right? The eye is a weaker part of the body. You can get it. I mean, just one little poke from a stick. You're walking through the woods, you don't see the, the branch poke you in the eye, it's gone. Right? Just it's a weaker part of the body. But what would your body be without the eye? Amen. And he says the parts that seem less presentable, you give more honor by dressing it up. Right? So I'm not going to be too descriptive. Paul's a little veiled, will be a little veiled, right? So there are parts of your body that you would say, no, I want everybody to see that part of the body, right? This is not what needs to be out there. And maybe some of you need to learn that lesson. But God will show you in time, right? Um, but there are parts of your body that just don't need to be seen by other people. And what do you do? You decorate it by adding nice clothes to it, right? And you say, maybe I really like my forearms or I've got nice hands or a good face, whatever it is. But you just say, well, I don't, I don't need to dress that part up. And so the part that has less honor is given honor, right? And so you say, well, I don't feel like a very honorable part of the body. I don't feel like I have anything to give to the body. God says, to those people, I will give significant and beautiful gifts that give them more honor. Amen? Right? So if I'm the pastor leading the church, what does that say about me? <laughs> am, I, am I the part of the body that God's like, man, we're really going to cover that up with honor, right? <laughs> right? God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise, right? So it, it's to say that don't feel disqualified but by whatever limitation or weakness. God gives each part of the body to do the thing that only that part of the body can do. Amen? And so if he has made you a part of the body, what that means is that if you do not do what you are supposed to do, it will not get done. The ears cannot hear for the eye, or cannot see for the eyes. Amen? Amen? The hands cannot run for the feet. Amen? Each part must do what it is given. And then here he gives one last list of things as examples of gifts. He says, verse 27, 
Now you are all the members of the body of Christ and individually, or are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, then helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The implication is nobody is all of those things. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And that is where he goes into chapter 13, the chapter on the love of God. Amen? And so, you have your gift that God has given you that's to be used in the body and seek to have the love of Christ, that that love of Christ might use that gift to serve the body. Amen? And so I say to you, whatever your gift is, whatever God's called you to do or empowered you to do, it must be done. But it will only be done in the context of the body. Amen? Spending time with one another, breaking bread in one another's homes day by day. Amen? Praise God. So that was the... That was the selling you on it part. Now let me present the product. Amen? Right? So here's the product. Here's what we're trying to do to see that biblical mandate and instruction fulfilled in our lives. Amen? Because we need one another. Amen? I cannot do it all. Pastor Daniel cannot do it all. Brother Renee cannot do it all. Aaron Bernard cannot do it all. And God doesn't want us to. God wants the body ministering to the body. I can't visit everybody that's sick. I can't pray for everybody that's got a need. I can't be there for every person that's hurting. But if we will take what we are, invest it into one another, and then have relationships, the body will be able to minister to the body. Amen? Praise God. And so this is what we're doing. We are starting what we're calling bridge groups. Bridge groups. I think, uh, yeah, it should be up there. Bridge groups. Making disciples and building relationships. Amen? This is the point. So we're in, we're in Bro Bridge. Uh, we, we thought we'd call it Bridge Groups. That's clever, right? That's Miss Kim's idea, right? I'm not taking credit for that. I didn't think of that. I'm not that clever. I'm like, we're going to call it Discipleship Groups. And you're like, I mean, that, it's descriptive. It works, right? But it's, it does sound cooler, Bridge Groups. So Bridge Groups, all right? So Making Disciples building relationships, amen, spending time together with the Word of God, with prayer, with encouragement, with food and fellowship, and ministering one to another, and giving opportunities for the gifts to be used in the body, amen, so bridge groups, making disciples, building relationships, these are home fellowship groups and Bible study groups that are each eight weeks and will be starting in the week, the week of March 13th. So the week of March 13th. So that is two Sundays from now, that week, those will start, right? And it will be centered on a Bible study that we will do that would be a max of like 30 minutes. And then we'll have time for prayer and fellowship so that the minimum amount can be about an hour. And that that way, anyone who's on a tight schedule, if you can fit one hour into that schedule for this, you can leave, right? That's, you come, you fellowship, you do Bible study, you minister to one another, and then if you have to go, you can go. And for a lot of people, it will be longer than that because they can say, we can stay longer, spend more time, we just want to finish catching up and fellowshipping and spending more time to, for one another. But we want to make sure that if you don't have that kind of time, if you're like Brother uh, Pee Wee, whose uh, work shift starts at 3 in the morning, hallelujah, uh, that you can... Go and get that amount of time in, spend time with one another, and then leave to go and, and get home and get ready for work the next day. So um, we will have a three-semester course. The curriculum that we're going to use, we're going to have these fellowships over four semesters for the year, right? So we're going to have a uh, spring, summer, fall and winter semesters, these will be in place of our midweek service, right? So while we're doing these, 
We won't have midweek service. And probably what we're going to do is in the margin times, the four or five week uh, margin of the home groups, we will probably have midweek services, right? So we're still ironing this out. This is our first time doing it. So we'll figure out how to do it. But what I want is to make sure that the priority is for us to be together in fellowship. And if we do that and people say, you know what, I'm going consistently to that, but I still want a midweek service, man, I will be happy to do it, all right? But I want to make sure that everyone is saying this is the priority that we want to spend time together. This is our heart. This is what I believe the drive should be for the body. And the curriculum that we've chosen has uh, three semesters worth of uh, material for it. It is the Like Jesus series. The three semesters are Think Like Jesus. That's the first one. The second is Act Like Jesus. The third is Be Like Jesus. Each of these will be eight weeks long, right? Eight weeks long starting uh, March 13th, the week of March 13th. Now, it may be a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, any day, all right? Because what we're going to do is we're going to have sign-up sheets. We'll have groups uh, that you can sign up for, and then the group will decide the time that works best for them. Maybe a Tuesday night at 6.30, uh, maybe a Saturday at 9 in the morning. You know, we, it will be adjustable. We'll try to have different times in different groups so that different people can try to participate for the time that works best for them. Uh, we have between five to eight groups already lined up in the areas of Brobridge, Lafayette, Karen Crow, Broussard, and with other possible locations. Uh, this morning, we have some sign-up sheets outside. So we have some sign-up sheets outside here in the foyer. I think we've got like three of them. So if someone's there signing up, you don't have to wait for them. We'll have three of them uh, lined up for you. And what I'm asking you to do is if you are interested, if you want to be a part of, that home of a home fellowship group, you just write your family name and then how many will be attending, right? So if you've given us your information, we know husband, wife, how many kids, but, you know, maybe your, your you know, husband works a night shift where he just can't be there for one or, you know, whatever the case may be. If you say, well, you know, these can be there, this can't, just let us know the family and the number who would be attending um, and write that down for us so that we can get a good idea of how many groups that we need, right? I want to make sure that we have enough. I want to make sure that we don't have too many people ordering curriculum and doing things to get ready, uh, and we don't have that many uh, available for that. So this will be just an initial sign-up to let us know that you're interested to be a part of it. And I, I mean it, committed, amen? Make up your heart. If you want to be a part of it, be a part of it. Amen? Be a part of the body. Serve. Be committed. And I promise you, you'll find it a blessing. Amen? I promise you. This is the way of Jesus. Right? This is what Jesus did with his disciples, and it is what he commanded them to go out and do. Amen? So if you want to walk with Jesus and become the Christian Jesus has called you to be, please make a commitment to be a part of this. Sign up for it and let us know that you want to be a part of it and we'll make sure that we have enough leaders and enough locations. Um, so you can do that uh, this Sunday so that we can get enough uh, people to do it. Next Sunday, there will be a different list, a different list. There will be a list of bridge groups and locations. And so it will have the, uh, you know, the location and the person who is either hosting or leading and then it will have slots for people to sign up for that. Uh, our goal is probably to not have uh, more than 8 to, I would say, 15, depending on the amount of adults and kids involved, right? Um, and we want our kids to be there and be a part of it. And that's one of the reasons that we made it only 30 minutes long so that the kids can be there and be a part of it. Amen? Um, kids need to hear, and they pay attention when you don't think they're paying attention, Right? That's one reason we have our children in here for worship, right? Sometimes my children crawling all over, making it so hard for me to worship. But then this morning I see my children and other children in the altar praying, right? And their attention span is about 30 seconds, right? So they're praying, they're seeking God, their hands are raised, and then they're looking at each other and going, what are you doing? Right? But they're kids, amen? But they're learning, Amen? They're getting practice. They're getting practice raising their hands. They're getting practice 
praying, and I see them laying hands on one another. I'm like, who taught y'all to lay hands on one another, pray for one another, right? They saw it, all right? They saw it. And what's the old saying? More is caught than taught, amen? They see it. They're paying attention. They're watching. They see the things that you do, and they do it. Monkey see, monkey do, right? And so we're exampling for them. We're showing them. They're getting to participate and see it. And so we'll have the sign-up uh, sheets next week with the name of locations and the name of the host or the leaders for that. Uh, and then you can sign up until it's full. Um, sign up for the one or multiple that you're interested in, and the group host will contact you to work out a day of the week and a time for their weekly meeting, right? So you'll sign up, we'll have your name and number, and a message will be sent, hey, we're thinking about doing it uh, Tuesday at 6 o'clock, can you be there for that, right? And so we may end up with groups with different times. Some may want to do it on a Sunday afternoon at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Some may want to do it on a, on a Saturday morning at 9. You don't have any kids. You don't have any baseball practice. Saturday morning at 9 works great for you. But we'll figure it out. We'll do different times and we will work it out to where we can be together for this. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so the first, uh, first one that we're doing, if we have the slide for the first book, uh, this would be the leader's guide, right? So I, th I thought that there was a leader's book and then a uh, regular book for the person who's not leading uh, and a DVD set. So there's a DVD set or you can download it. Uh, with the uh, person teaching and, and leading the lesson, and then there is the book. And all of the books at the end have a leader's guide. So if, you're, if I've talked to you and you're planning on being a leader for a group, you'll just buy the regular book with the DVD, um, and then you can just use the end of the book for you know, the leader's guide for how to direct a meeting and lead things like that. Uh, and we will have a time for doing an orientation for the leaders and the hosts uh, soon. Um, but the DVD can be used or not used. So the point is the DVD has a person explaining the content, and so you can get together, you can read the content together, and then the person who is leading the group can talk about it, sort of teach for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then there can be a discussion, discussion after with question and answer and all that, or if, you, or if you know, you're leading a group and you say, I'm just not comfortable uh, teaching, then you can play the DVD and then have conversation and, and talk back and forth, right? Does that make sense? Praise God. So there's that. I will send a link out uh, probably tomorrow uh, to those who are going to be leading groups, and uh, they can go ahead and order their set with the DVD probably if they want to order it with the DVD, if they don't, and they're just confident they can study it for themselves and teach it, that's fine. Um, and then I'll send a link out with just the book to everybody. And if you're wanting to be a part of one of these groups, you need to order it as soon as possible, right? So we'll send the link out in an email, uh, and you need to order it as soon as possible so that it can get in in time for us to use for the Bible study, right? Amen? Cool? All right, am I clear as mud? <laughs> Amen. So, what I'm encouraged to see is not just people doing a, a study together of a book, but that being a centralized event upon which we can pray together, fellowship together, know one another's struggles and weaknesses and burdens, have grace on one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. Walk with one another. Amen? And encourage each other to walk with the Lord. This is what it says in the book of Hebrews. Provoking one another to love and good works. Amen? Sometimes we just get complacent. We get cold. We forget. We go through the routines. And it becomes the, the, the order or the structure, the form of godliness. But not the power. Sometimes we just need someone to hey, my brother, I love you. Wake up a little bit. Press on in Christ. Be the person God's called you to be. Walk with God. Grow in the Lord. My brother, don't, don't you think that you've been struggling with that anger long enough? You really need to get in the altar and get that right. You're hurting your wife or your children. 
right? You know, brother, I, I see you're not consistently in fellowship or consistently spending time with the body. We need one another. I need you and you need me. As iron sharpens iron, so, so one man sharpens another. I need to be sharpened. And when you're not here, I miss you. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some are, but all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more. Amen? And so this is what it is that Jesus has called us to do, to not just come to church and hear sermons, but to be disciples, and then in turn to make disciples and to minister to one another. Amen? Praise God. Let's pray this morning. Brother Renee, would you come? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be your people, to serve you, to seek your face to worship and to know you. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us this body and the relationships and the fellowship and the encouragement that we have. But Lord, we are needing to grow in that. We are needing to become better disciples and to learn to make disciples, to encourage one another, to provoke one another, to love and good works, to use the gifts that you've given us and for them to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. And Lord, for us to serve one another and encourage one another in the work that you've put in our hands. Lord, we love you. We thank you because you are worthy. You are worthy. And we believe that you will help us to become those disciples. We believe that you will make us into disciple makers. And Lord, when we see each other's sins and faults or weaknesses or misconceptions or bad attitudes, whatever it is that prevents them from being the disciples you've called them to be, that we will remember whatever it is that stops us from doing what you've called us to do, that all power and authority in heaven and earth has been given unto you, and that you have commissioned us and sent us out with your power to minister to one another by the supernatural power of God. Lord, that I can walk into depression and minister to somebody in that depression. Lord, that I can walk into someone's discouragement and encourage them by the Holy Ghost. Lord, that I can go to someone whose mind has been warped by the world, or the way they were raised, or the terrible things that have happened to them. And I can see their, their mind renewed in the Holy Ghost. That they can be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Lord, I thank you that I can walk into somebody's life that's suffering with addiction. And I can give them grace and love and and walk with them through their struggles. And I thank you, Lord, that you will give us the courage and the joy to believe that your power is with us, not only to be disciples, but to make disciples. Lord, come and encourage your people. Come and stir faith in them. And Lord, let the gifts of the Holy Ghost be manifest in their lives to the body for your glory. Lord, your word says that there are many types of service, but it is all one Lord. It is to you, Jesus. When we serve the body, we're serving you. And we're recognizing that you as our Lord are worthy of our sacrifice, our service, and our obedience. And Lord, we desire to use our gifts to be faithful to you, O Lord. Come and have your way. Saints, I just encourage you to take a moment and pray and believe that Jesus will help you to do that. And ask the Lord to put it in your heart to be with one another, to serve the body and encourage one another. Let the Lord have his way in your heart for just a few minutes this morning.